Welcome back, everybody, to the IKP, the Isaiah Kid podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's a holiday weekend. I know. I know. I hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I surely did. Even though um, I know some, I know people, I know a lot of people's situations are a bit different with not being able to see family. But um, I do hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving um, and those meals, obviously, <laughs> those meals. So we got a lot to get into. Um, I'm going to talk about the Lakers and LeBron a little bit. NFL talk. You know what time it is. This is the time of the week where I give you guys my top 10 teams. Uh, I feel pretty confident about it. The last few weeks, I haven't been on. I haven't been doing my top ten list consistently. The last like two weeks, but I'm gonna give it to you guys today. Uh, we're going into week twelve. I like what I've been seeing from certain teams. Certain teams you may not even see on this list. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start the episode. Let's start it up. Let's start it up. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the IKP. Welcome back. Welcome back. Everybody's welcome back. Welcome back. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm going to let it rock for a little bit. And before I even get started uh, with the NBA free agency and so forth, thank you guys for tuning in and continue to tune in and tap in with me uh, and listen to another episode of the IKP. Um, And like I said, let's get into it. NBA free agency has ended. Um, No, there's going to be no more major signings, um, but... We are still waiting on Giannis to sign whether to see whether or not he's going to sign the Supermax with Milwaukee. If he decides not to sign it, he will become a free agent the next the following offseason. And we're still waiting on Anthony Davis to re-sign with the Lakers. Um it, it's no doubt he'll re-sign with the Lakers, but um there is, you know, there's question is he going to sign a long-term deal or is he going to sign a short-term deal take a taking somewhat of a pay cut to see if Giannis may possibly join the Lakers. And I don't want to touch bases on that quite yet, but looking at free agency, looking at the off season, and I, and I talked about this a little bit on the previous or a couple episodes ago, it could have been the previous one, but I talked about this and I basically stated, you know, I had my questions about Rob Palenka and like how good of a GM is he really? How good is he really? Because I mean, to get LeBron James, I, it was already a full gone conclusion that the Lakers were going to land LeBron James. It was already a full gone conclusion. So that that wasn't much. That was that, I I don't really I don't typically give credit to Rob Palenka and for that move, and that was really more. If anybody, that was really more Magic Johnson. That's the that's that that is the Lakers representative that went to go meet with LeBron and talk about the future with the Lakers. Magic Johnson was that guy, but Rob Palenka, he's kind of outdid himself this offseason. 
He's outdid himself. I must admit. Um, and I, it, it wasn't that. It, and it wasn't that I didn't think he was a good GM. But I mean, these moves have been pretty good. I mean, you're telling me. You're telling me this. The Lakers gave up a late first rounder and Danny Green for arguably one of the best, one of the best scores off the bench in the league. And Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder averaged 18 to 19 points last year coming off the bench for the Thunder. Um, the Lakers added that. And yes, they lost Rondo, but they added they 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 added a, a, a 18 to 19 point score coming off their bench. They added that. So oh, the Rondo loss may not be a major hit. Then they added Montres Herald, who who won sixth man of the year last year. Montrez Harrell won sixth man of the year last year, um, and he didn't have the greatest playoff run for the Clippers last year. That's ultimately what led to him. Um, you know, he, he, Montrez Harrell before the before the you know the terrible playoff, um, you know the terrible playoff games that he had. Montrez Harrell was set to make a lot of money, um, and that his his value kind of depreciated throughout the open market. Due to the lack, due to the playoff struggles, so the Lakers got him on a pretty fair deal, um, given the circumstances. They got him on a pretty fair deal. So yes, they lost the White Howard. They lost Rajah Rondo, who were two major forces and pieces to that Laker team last year. But I mean, most of us kind of look at that as an upgrade. Montrezl Harrell, Dwight Howard, Montrezl Harrell's an upgrade. I mean, especially offensively, he's an upgrade. And then you look at Rondo. Rondo, you know, great facilitator, great facilitator, and a you know playoff Rondo is for sure real. But Rondo on a nightly basis can't give you eighteen to nineteen points like Dennis Struder can. He just can't. He just can't. And he's and he's more of a facilitator, facilitating guard. He's not a score first guard. That's not his. That's not Rondo's ultimatum. That's Dennis Struder, score first guard. And what was? And, and, and think about this. What was the Lakers like? What would have wanted, what were some of the weaknesses of the Lakers last year? One of those was a lack of you know a third a lack of third option. They don't have enough production coming from the bench. Well, they got two of the best bench players in the league. They got two of the, not not saying the best, but they got two of the best bench players in the league. And this is certainly. LeBron's deepest team. This is certainly LeBron's deepest team. But not only that, they lost Danny Green. As I, you know, they traded they traded Dennis Schroeder to get they traded Danny Green to get Dennis Schroeder. Well, they added Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews, a great the a, a great three and D guy, could shoot the three ball, could play defense, and he's at this at this juncture at this stage, he's probably better than Danny Green. So you're talking about upgrades in three spots already. Upgrades in three spots already. Then the Lakers also add Mark Gasol. So Mark Gasol, um, still a really uh, he's a really good defensive presence, big body, um, a really uh, uh, one of the one of the more underrated passing big men in the league. Um, a skilled big man, similar to Paul Gasol, skilled big man, really good defensively. Um, a, a, a Great passer and can shoot, can stretch the floor out a little bit. The Lakers upgraded, and the Lakers were the biggest winners in the offseason. 
But I think this speaks more to my point that I make um, in terms of when I'm speaking college football, I often make this point about how the the program, the programs such as like the Ohio States and the USC's, like when when USC when they when they finally that because right now they're in a they're in a dry spell, but when USC finally finds the right coach and they get back on track and it looks more like USC football. It's 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 going to be hard to stop them. Like look at when USC had Pete Curl, USC was the was a talking point. It was the focal point of college football. It was it was damn near it was damn near the focal point of sports. It's just certain brands, and the Lakers are one of these brands. The Lakers are one of these sports brands where, like. Even LeBron's first year where they, they struggled and didn't make the playoffs, even though before LeBron got hurt, they were in route to doing they, they were in route to making the playoffs. But even LeBron's first year in LA and the previous five seasons before that, the Lakers were in a dry spell. The Lakers were experiencing their worst stretch in franchise history. And they get LeBron James. They went out and trade for Anthony Davis, and then they just they put the rest of they they put the rest of the complimentary pieces together, and they won a title their first year together. LeBron James, and Anthony Davis won a title their first year together, and now <laughs> the Lakers with with their signings and with their moves throughout the offseason and free agency, the Lakers are undoubtedly they are undoubtedly the favorites coming into the season. They are the favorites coming out of the West. They're the favorites on top of the league. The Lakers versus the field. They are the favorites. And this speaks to my point. It's brands like the Lakers. It's brands like the Yankees. It's brands like Ohio State. It's brands like USC where... (laughs) If they get like if USC gets the right coach, they're unbeatable. Look, look at Ohio State right now. Look at Ohio State. Ohio State started with Urban Meyer. Ohio State grabbed Urban Meyer from Florida. Got they got Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer had I think Urban Meyer had like a ninety win percentage at Ohio State. <laughs> a ninety win percentage at Ohio State. Look at look at Alabama. Alabama. Yes, Alabama's always been a, a really good uh, it's always been a dominant program. <laughs> but Nick Saban, Nick Nick Saban these last several years, these last 10 years has just taken Alabama to the next level. He's just he's just taken Alabama to the next level. And the Lakers are right now, the Lakers they're in that same category. That they're in that same class. The Lakers are one of those sports brands where, when they when they strike gold, and they start winning, boy, boy oh boy, is it it, it is it is hard to beat that. It is hard to beat that. When the Lakers start winning, it, it, it it's hard to top that. It's hard to top that. I'm I'm telling you. When USC finally gets the, you know, because USC, right? Like I said, then the dry spell. 
But you guys remember how dominant USC was with Pete Curl? <laughs> I mean, Ohio State with Urban Meyer, and even now with Ryan Day, they're unbeatable. <laughs> it literally, it, it literally, it literally takes uh, Trevor Lawrence and Clemson <laughs> to beat Ohio State. And mind you, Trevor Lawrence, mind you, Trevor Lawrence is the is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Uh, Clemson under Dabo Sweeney is 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 a right now a dynasty in the making. That's what it takes to beat Ohio State right now. <laughs> if you don't have that, you're probably not gonna beat Ohio State. <laughs> you're probably not gonna beat Ohio State. And right now, the Lakers, like I said, the Lakers are one of those brands. Right now, they have LeBron James. Right now, the best player in the league. You have Anthony Davis, who is probably a top. He's definitely a top five player in the league. But Anthony Davis may be two or three. And then you look at all of the other pieces that they're surrounded with. You got guys like Dennis Schroeder, Montrose Hurl. Uh, I mean, just just Wesley Matthews, all all types of pieces. Not to mention the not to mention the championship guys that you're that you're bringing back. You're, you're bringing back KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso. You're still bringing those guys back. You're still bringing those guys back. So the Lakers are undoubtedly the the favorites, um, and I think they're the, I think they were the biggest winners in the offseason. Um, and it just speaks and it goes to show you. This is a this this Laker team. This is this 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 team is probably going to win the championship. This team is probably going to win the championship, and it goes to show you when a Laker brand, when a Laker type brand, when a when a brand like the Lakers, when they strike gold, when they get their hands on the right players and or the right coaches, it's hard to beat. It is hard to beat. So. Uh, let's shift gears. Uh, well, and also let me let me speak to that that Giannis point and LeBron and all this. I see a lot of people, and I talked about this already. I talked about this last week. I think. I think. I think I talked about this last week. And I talked. You know, with Le- LeBron started super teams. He started, it. and it's it's the whole player empower empowerment movement. LeBron started it, um, and it's okay. It's okay. Like, I get, you know, I get, I understand why LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami. I didn't kill him for the move. I understand it. I understand KD going to the Warriors. I understand it. Because the media, it you know, it, it placed a lot of emphasis on championships and winning championships. If you're that caliber, if you're that type of caliber of player. They place a lot of emph- emphasis on winning championships. But you look at a guy like Giannis, um, and, and first, this hurts LeBron's GOAT case. And, and I know a lot of people, oh, a lot of, I know a lot of people like, you're supposed to be defending LeBron. No, 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 no. I like LeBron. I love LeBron. I just think he's the second greatest player of all time. I don't think he's the GOAT. But if there was any shot at him trying to, um, if there was any shot of him trying to get, or, you know, if if I wanted to make the GOAT argument for him, the Lakers and LeBron adding Giannis would not help that case at all. It would hurt it, actually. It would hurt, actually. 
Because the mere fact to think about that LeBron, if LeBron adds Giannis, that means LeBron needed Anthony Davis and Giannis just to get to six rings. Just to get to six rings. <laughs> and his finals record is six and six. His finals record is six and six. So while Jordan is undefeated, six and no. Um, so I, I don't like it. I mean, I, I, if, I, if I'm Giannis, I wouldn't do it. And I'm not saying Giannis has to stay in Milwaukee because if it doesn't work out and, you know, Milwaukee can't get to the finals or you can't, you know, can't advance or get better. I, I, I'm not saying stay in Milwaukee, but even from a mere fact, from a standpoint of this, think about it like this till this very day. To this very day, we all know Kevin Durant is a great player. We all know he's uniquely talented. Uh, uh, I mean, you're talking about a seven-footer who has a handle, who can shoot. I mean, has great range, has turned into a, a – uh, he's, turned, he's turned himself into a really good defender. But to this day, there's some people out there – well, not some – there's a lot of people out there that don't even give Kevin Durant credit for those championships in Golden State. So, the, I, you know, I understand the, the league is mobile, and I like the mobility. I like the mobility that the players have. I don't think I don't think players should be, you know, held hostage to a bad franchise with bad ownership and not, you know, the, the you know, incompetent front offices. I don't think players should be held hostage for that. I don't. I really don't. And Kevin Durant, we can we can all acknowledge Kevin Durant was the best player on those Warriors championship teams. <laughs> but there's still a lot of people that don't give him credit for winning those titles. I'm not one of those people, but there's people, there's a lot of people out there that don't give credit, that don't give they don't give credit to KD for winning those titles. So what good is Yan? What good is the what good is Giannis? Joining the Lakers. Yeah, you win your titles. Yeah, but I mean, LeBron's gonna receive a lot of credit. LeBron's gonna see he's gonna receive a lot of a lot of notoriety. Anthony Davis is gonna get his share, and then you know, you have the rest, whatever. Whatever the rest is, you had that Giannis. Why? Why would you do that? Why? And I do think it messes up the competition standpoint. As, as far as like the competition standpoint, you do have to sometimes question, even with Kevin Durant, even with the Brooklyn and James Harden stuff, you do have to question, do these guys really want to compete? Do they want to really play basketball? Do they want to compete with one another and play basketball? Because you, you're, 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 you're talking about these, these, these are just soup. These are super, these are super teams. I mean, but if Giannis was to join the Lakers, you're talking about three MVP caliber type of players. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about three MVP caliber type of players. You're talking about arguably three of the top five players in basketball. I know some of you guys don't think Giannis is top five anymore, but some people will probably still have Giannis as, you know, in, a, in their top five. But you're talking about three MVP MVP caliber players. You sometimes have to question and wonder and ask yourself, hey, 
is this good for the league? It, I mean, and, and I mean, it would be, it would be, it would create major headlines in that sense. It would create major headlines for that sense. Not saying it would be all bad for the league and they should no. It would create some major storylines. But if you look at the totality of things and the competition, and we talk about parody, and we talk about all these things, are would people even watch? I mean, it would it would hurt the league. It would hurt the league. Because how can you compete with that? It would hurt the league. It would hurt the league. It would definitely hurt the league. But I'm I'm gonna switch I'm gonna switch gears. I'm gonna switch gears to Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. That relationship is a little bit, it's a bit rocky. Bruce Arians is critical of Brady. Brady hasn't hasn't been particularly playing well. You're gonna get my thoughts next on that topic. So I didn't get it, I didn't get a chance to address Tom Brady and the Buccaneers loss versus the Rams on Monday Night Football. I did not get a chance to address it. Now I am. <laughs> now and I am. So the Buccaneers, they had they they suffer another loss in in another primetime game versus the Sean, Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Once again, it was a coaching clinic put on by Sean McVay. Um and and, and the Buccaneers defense, they wanted to take away the Rams run. They took the Rams run away. And they forced Jared Goff to throw the ball 51 times. In the first half, Jared Goff was playing well. He seemed comfortable in the pocket. But then in the second half, he kind of he started to throw away the game. He started to throw away the game. And that led to some turnovers. That led to the Buccaneers staying within, you know, within with distance, a close gap. They're keeping it close. And Brady, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and all these weapons, all these weapons on the outside, on the perimeter, and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, A.B., and Gronk. Brady gets the ball back with a little over two minutes left in the football game, down three points, and he has to drive the field. How many times have we seen this story? How many times have we seen that scenario? Brady with the ball down three with a little over two minutes left. <laughs> How many times have we seen that play out, right? And it led up into an interception. So, so far this year, Brady is one in three in primetime games. And he has five touchdowns to five interceptions. And I got, I, I, you know, some people disagree with me a couple weeks ago when I made my point about Tom Brady and how I think, you know, I'm thinking that Tom Brady. I said, I said it. He was, he's, he, he was not elite. Tom Brady was not elite. It's okay. It's okay. But Brady is, he was not elite. He was not elite. Okay. He's not elite no more. He's not elite anymore. Anymore. He's not elite anymore. And it's the reason why quarterback, it's the reason why dudes usually don't play quarterback until they're uh, up until they're 40. It's a reason why. Arm go away. You don't have the same velocity on throws. You just, you just don't. But what if I told you Bill Belichick may have been the perfect match 
for Tom Brady as far as a coach? What if I told you Bill Belichick was the perfect match for Tom Brady? He was the perfect coach for Tom Brady. Because, once again, Bruce Arians, um, and I like Bruce Arians, but Bruce Arians, he hasn't quite adjusted to Tom Brady in his play style. Um, he hasn't adjusted to Brady and Brady's strengths. And sometimes I wonder, um, after the game, I was thinking, maybe certain coaches, certain certain coaches in the NFL, they'll probably be better off as coordinators. I look at a guy like Vic Vangio. Great defensive mind. You know, great defensive mind. Maybe he'd be better suited as a defensive coordinator. I look at a guy like Todd Bowles. Now, I do think the Jets' situation was it was just hectic, and I would like to see Todd Bowles get another coaching, another head coaching opportunity. But maybe Todd Bowles is better off as a defensive coordinator. He's really good at it. And this may be the same thing with Bruce Arians. Maybe Bruce Arians would be better off as an offensive coordinator. Because as a coach, you gotta you gotta unite. You gotta spend time with both sides of the ball, all three phases of the ball. You gotta you gotta spend time. You have to spend time with that. But <laughs> like I said once again, I reiterated, Bruce Arians has not adjusted to Tom Brady's strengths yet. He hasn't. He hasn't adjusted to Tom Brady's strengths. And if you if you were to ask me today. How do you think this 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 Tom Brady and Bruce Arians relationship ends? I'm gonna tell you this: Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're gonna make the playoffs. I assume they'll make the playoffs. They're probably gonna finish. They're probably gonna finish ten and six, as I predicted. They're gonna finish probably ten and six. Um, I don't think the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl, even though their roster. You look at their roster, and you're like, they should win a Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't I don't I think they're too inconsistent. They're too inconsistent. But and I look at Brady, once again, he's a he's still a good quarterback, but he's no longer elite. And Bruce Arians doesn't make enough adjustments, hasn't made enough adjustments as far as his offensive philosophy. And Bruce Arians wants to take shots down the field. Brady, he's more about precision routes and timing routes and underneath those underneath routes. Brady has made a living. He's made he's literally made a living off of that, off of precision passing and timing. He's won Super Bowls off of that. But I'm gonna let Bruce, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this clip for you guys. This is Bruce Arians after the game talking about Tom Brady. Other than the deep ball, I think I think he's getting confused a few times with coverage um, that might be causing some inaccurate balls. But uh, I don't see it at all in practice. Um, we're not missing the deep ball in practice, that's for sure. So it's just a matter on Sundays um, hitting them. You heard it right there. <laughs> he said Tom Brady's getting confused. Confused. He says Tom Brady is hitting the deep ball at practice. But in the games, nah. 
it's not quite there. <laughs> imagine, um, imagine telling a guy, imagine telling a guy who's played in nine Super Bowls and saying, you know, <laughs> in a regular season game, you know, this guy, the pressure's getting to him. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine saying that. Imagine saying that about a guy that's won that that's won six Super Bowls and has been to nine Super Bowls. Imagine imagine saying, you know, hey, he's getting confused. The deep ball, he's hitting the deep ball at practice, not hitting at the game. What does that mean? You're hitting the deep, you're hitting the deep balls at practice, but you're not hitting them in the game. That means the pressure's getting to you. <laughs> imagine saying that about a guy who's won nine, who's who's gone to nine Super Bowls. But I think some of this, I think Bruce Arians, this is, I think Bruce Arians, he's a, and these are two, two old dogs that don't want to learn new tricks. You know that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Well, we have two of those. You can't, you, we have two, two old dogs that don't want to learn a new trick. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You, you you guys know that saying? Can't you can't teach a dog all um you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So with Brady, um and with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians has always had like I told you, I told you guys this a couple weeks ago. Bruce Arians, this is who he is. He's he's he is brutally honest, just like that. And he and offensively, he wants to take shots down the field. If you look at the quarterbacks he's had, Ben, you know, Ben B- Big Ben in Pittsburgh, he's had Andrew Luck, he's had Peyton Manning, he's had James Winston, he's had Carson Palmer, and those guys hold on to the ball. They take shots down the field. Um Andrew Luck took a lot of big hits because he was holding on to the ball a lot. This is how Bruce Arians wants to play. And you're seeing it with Brady. Brady is holding on to the ball, trying to take those deep shots. He can't connect on those deep shots, but he's taking a lot of hits. He's taking a lot of hits. And you saw that versus the Rams on Monday night. He's taking a lot of hits. And I don't think this is the right match. And I talk about the perfect match all the time with with, with, with quarterbacks and coaches in the NFL. I talk about it all the time. I think, I think having the perk the perfect match the right the the proper match i think it's so vital it's so important because i look at a guy like Andy Reid Andy Reid's a great coach right Andy Reid everybody loves Andy Reid Andy Reid great offensive mastermind great coach he's won a super bowl he's having success in Kansas City Patrick Mahomes is quarterback he has the most dynamic offense in the league right well before Patrick Mahomes was Andy Reid's quarterback, Andy Reid had quarterbacks such as Kevin Cobb and Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith. And that's no disrespect to those guys. Um, you know, Donovan McNabb had a great career in Philadelphia. He had some great years in Philadelphia. He got he got the Eagles to multiple NFC championship games. And Alex Smith, you know, he's Alex Smith. He, He's not spectacular. He's he's good enough to win you a lot of games, but he's not he's not good enough to take you to the promised land. Andy Reid finally got 
his match, Patrick Mahomes. He stretches the field. He has the arm talent to do so. He ha- he brings the sa- he brings leadership qualities that you need as a quarterback. That perfect match, perfect match. In Bruce Arians right now, in Tom Brady right now, this ain't the match. <laughs> this this is not this is not a good match. Brady wants timing. Brady is a pure perfectionist. Brady wants perfection, precise routes, timing routes. He, like I said, he's made a killing off of timing routes. He's won six Super Bowls with that same formula. Bruce Arians, once again, Bruce Arians wants to take a lot of shots. And think of this. Think of this. Brady is such a, he's such a, he, he, he's such a study freak. Brady likes, he loves to study football. He loves to study football. With, and, and this is the, this is the, this is the, this is the thing right here. I'm going to point this out. Stick with me. Brady, what Tom Brady's, his, his greatest, one of his greatest traits is this. Being able to read a defense and make and get rid of the ball as fast as anybody. Brady in the history of the game is quicker than anybody else to ever play the quarterback position to read a defense, being able to dissect the defense and get the ball off quick. Brady does that better than 99% of the quarterbacks that has ever played the game. Because he's such a study freak. He loves it. He loves studying. He wants to be perfect. Everything is precise. Everything is on point. Accuracy. You look at a guy like Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, you know, he wants to take shots down the field. And, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. You know, and, you know, interceptions are okay. We know we, we 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 tested the defense out. That's Bruce Arians. That's 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 Bruce Arians holding on to the ball. We take a shot down the field. That is Bruce Arians, and he he's a great offensive mind. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not. He don't know football. I'm not saying that he, he he can't know. He's not a good coach. He's a good coach. I don't think he's the best coach for Brady, but he's a good coach. But. Do they match? Do Brady and do Brady and Arians match? No, they don't match. They don't match. They don't match. It's not a fit. It's not the ideal fit. It's not the ideal fit. But if you look at Belichick and Brady, they align. They align more. They align more. Belichick is he has his teams button up. They're the least penalized team in the league year in, year out. They're the, they're the team with the least amount of penalties. They don't, they, the, the Patriots, you know, that you rarely see the Patriots beat themselves. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, schemes are so on point that we always talk about how well the Patriots are prepared. That's Tom Brady as well. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, they're more like. That's why I think Belichick and Brady, I always say it's a combination of both. The dynasty was a combination of both. 
and they they share they share similar traits. I look at Bruce Arians and Brady. I see two different guys, and yes, opposites can attract. Opposites opposites can certainly attract, but is I mean, does it last? I don't know. I don't know. When you talk about sports, when you talk about football, does it last? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if opposites attract. I don't know if I, I know opposites attract, but do they last? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. And with Brady and Bel- with Brady and um, Arians, <laughs> I just don't think it ends in the Super Bowl. I don't think it ends in the Super Bowl because I have a quarterback and Tom Brady who who's forty three. His arm isn't getting any stronger. Um, and he and, and let's be honest, he's having some trouble. Com- he he is. He's he's having some trouble of completing balls down the field, passes down the field. He's having trouble completing those passes. But I have a guy in Bruce Arians who, you know, doesn't want to pay the Tom Brady strengths. What's what's another thing? What's another good thing that Belichick does? We always praise Belichick for doing. He plays to his players' strengths. He plays to his players' strengths. Bruce Arians right now, he is not playing to Tom Brady's strengths. <laughs> He's doing the exact opposite. <laughs> He's doing the exact opposite. So Brady and, and Bell, Brady and uh, Bruce Arians, it's not a perfect relationship. They're they're polar opposites, and I think that's why you see the disconnect right now. That is why you see the disconnect right now. They're polar opposites. Simple as that. So as promised, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reveal my top ten list going into Week Twelve. Um, you know, we got we had some Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, not not too much. You know, those teams weren't particularly good, but. I do notice something. We're, we're 12 weeks in, or we're, you know, we're going into, you know, 12 weeks in, and there's not a lot of elite teams, but there, there, there are a lot of good teams. There are a lot of good teams in the NFL. Not a lot. There's about there's a couple or a few that may be elite, but um we we definitely have two teams that's elite. Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Those two teams are elite. Maybe New Orleans sometimes, but it's a lot of really good teams in the NFL. So let's start at the top of the list. At number 10, I got the Titans. They're a physical football team. They're playing a crucial division game coming up this weekend versus the Indianapolis Colts. They're both 7-3. and Now let me tell you something about the Titans. The Titans, like I said, physical team. They lead the league in rushing attempts, and Derrick Henry is the league leader in, I think, rushing yards, I think. Um, And they overcame. They had a really big win versus Baltimore at Baltimore. They overcame an 11-point deficit. But get this. For a team that's so run-heavy and so run-dominant, Ryan Tannehill has five game-winning drives. So I don't. I don't. I don't think the Titans' ceiling is particularly high due to their defense. I, I still worry um, and have my questions about their defense, especially in the secondary. But I do like Mike Vrabel as a coach. They're a physical football team. They know. 
I know what I'm getting week in, week out with this Titans team. And for, like I said, for a team that's dependent on the running game a lot, for them to be, you know, Ryan Tannehill, he has five game-winning drives. So when they when they need him to come back and when they need him to throw the football, he's pretty efficient at it most times than not. So I got the Titans at 10. At 9, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, it's so funny because last year I was, I was high on the Raiders. But if you remember correctly, coming into this year, I was not particularly high on the Raiders. I don't know why, but they are an efficient offensive team. They they've been they've been clicking offense. I mean, offensively these last few weeks they've been consistent. They had they've had some COVID issues. They've beaten the Chiefs one time this year. Now they did run up against the Chiefs last week, and the Chiefs they they outplayed the Chiefs, but the Chiefs won because Patrick Mahomes is that good. But the Raiders they are a legit team. I like what they do offensively. I do want to see how their defensive line play continues to get better. But I like the Raiders. Their car is playing some really good football. John Gruden is a coach of the year candidate, uh, uh, nominee or candidate. So I like the Raiders, and that's why I have them at nine. Um, At number eight, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks defense, they I think they're coming off their best game so far this year. That 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 game, that defensively, what they did to Kyler Murray, I know it, you know, it, it wasn't like they shut them down, but it showed me, okay, the pass rush is getting better. You know, they're making they make they made Kyler a little uncomfortable and a little undecisive. So that's a good sight. This if you're a Seahawks fan, that's a good sight. That is a good sight to see your defense, especially in your front, in your front, your D line, creating some pressure. Because if your secondary is not that strong, then it's really it's important that your defensive line is able to generate some pass rush. And I've seen some signs of that from Seattle. We all know how good Russell Wilson is. He's having, you know, he's in the MVP conversation. Um, but another thing for the Seahawks, they have a chance to finish out the season strong these last several weeks. They have the easiest remaining schedule in the league. So this should play to the Seahawks' favor. Um, I know home field advantage this year isn't much it isn't it's not a it's not much of an advantage, but you would you you, you know you would be able to get the first week that that bye week. So the Seahawks could possibly be playing for the number one seed um, and line themselves up in good position to do so um, if they finish out the season strong. But Seahawks at eight. Um, at number seven, the Packers. Um, it, I, I'm telling people, I, I, it's nothing against Aaron Rodgers. It's nothing against Devontae Adams. But the Packers are as fraudulent as they come. They are as fraudulent as they come. I like the Packers. Um, I, defensively, they just got manhandled by the Colts. And too often, and well, not too often, every single time that the Packers lose, it's in it's in the same fashion. It's in the same form. They get out manhandled, and their defensive line gets gashed by the opposing team's offensive line and the running attack. Look at their losses the last few years. They, they they haven't they, they don't have many losses 
But look at the losses the last two seasons. It's 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 in part to the defensive line and the defense not being able to stop the running game. And then offensively, I think they're once again, I think they're too reliant on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is a top three quarterback in football. Devontae Adams is arguably a top three receiver in football. And I think they depend on those two too much. And I think their defense, it can't stop the run. And it's so funny because these were the same issues that they had last year. So they still haven't fixed them. Packers at seven, they're, st- they're still a good t- football team. They make the playoffs. They win their division. They'll probably win a playoff game. But I don't know if this is a Super Bowl team, but it's a really good team. Packers at seven. At six, the Bills. Um, I like the Bills. Um, I, Like I said, I love their coaching. I think Josh Allen is a bit he, – he's a bit – sometimes he's a he's – a, he's not sometimes. He, he's a risk taker. That's who he is. He's a risk taker. But he's athletic. He's he's trying to be, he's trying to be he's trying to be a little more efficient. But he can still have some turnovers and some hiccups. Um, but the big story was their defense. Their defense. It seems like the last few weeks has come alive. Now I know they had the Arizona loss and the way how they lost. It's like you know a hail mary. But I, I don't know if we can see. I don't know if we can sit here and say Arizona is truly better than the Bills um, just because of a Hail Mary. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we can do that, but the Bills, I think they're, I think they're a quality team. Um, their defense has come alive, 10 turnovers in the last five games. So that means they're getting two turnovers per game. So it, it seems like it's starting to come alive. I think that would be the key for the Bills if they want to have a deep playoff run the defense enforcing turnovers at number five. I had the Indianapolis Colts there. I mean, defensively their lights out. Um, now their ceiling, their ceiling may be lower, a, a little, their ceiling may be a little bit lower than the bills, but defensively in their line play, like line play offensively and defensively, they give a lot of teams trouble, um, and it, get, it, it sure did give the Packers trouble um, in the second half. They just they just kept Aaron Rodgers on the bench in the second half. So Indianapolis, they 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 they, they can really test you um, the up front, secondary, then the running game, and then offense with the op, with the offensive line that they have. Phillip Rivers, he went from the worst offensive line with the Chargers to the absolute best offensive line with the Indianapolis Colts and that has led to him only being sacked eight times eight times I think that's a league low so that's you know they're keeping his jersey clean they're keeping him upright now I do still question the arm strength and how much can he give you and can he take you to the promised land I'm not so sure about that but defensively they're gonna they're gonna be there they're gonna be in prime position to win the AFC South um and possibly win a playoff game or two Rams at four. I have the Rams at four. Um, this is probably the Rams are probably the most complete team in the NFC. They're probably the most complete. They're they're not the best. I don't think they're the best, but they're probably the most complete. I think the one glaring issue that that that's that you know that keeps reoccurring um 
it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's Jared Goff. I mean, we know how great of a coach Sean McVay is. He uh, get this. Look at this stat. The Rams are 32 and 0 when leading after halftime under Sean McVay. So if the Rams have a lead, they're good. Um, and and that means Jared Goff is comfortable, and that's and, and, and I think this, I think that's just a testament in this shows how good of a coach Sean McVay is. Um, but that's the thing that that that's the glaring that's the glaring issue that a lot that I mean that I keep hearing, and, and it's true. Jared Goff, Jer, 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 Jared Goff. I talked about it in the previous segment. Jared Goff damn near gave away the game last week. Um, now, luckily, the Buccaneers didn't want to take it, but he 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 damn near gave it away. Um, but you look at their defense. This Rams defense. I know you know when we think of the Rams under Sean McVay, we think of explosive down the field, play action passing, offense, offense, offense. But that has not been the story. Their defense is better than what you think. They're 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 number one and number two in in some major defensive categories. Um, their secondary is really good, led by Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, up front they have Aaron Donald and Mon- and Michael Brock M- Michael Brockers. So they got some they got some really good pieces on defense. Um, Sean McVay has done a good job. I mean, I give him a lot of credit because. He he cleaned his coach. He cleaned out his coaching staff last year. Brung in a new coaching staff defensively. Um, and 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 it has just turned this whole Rams situation around. Um, they were able to they were able to move the ball versus the Buccaneers without Andrew Whitworth, one of the best left tackles in in the game. So big plus to the Rams. Rams at four, at three. I gotta go with the Saints. I mean. How many teams can lose a Hall of Fame level quarterback um, and still go like six and zero? Still, still be six and zero because that is the Saints' record without Drew Brees. Six and zero the last two years without Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, and now we have Taysom Hill. Now, I, I don't. I mean, I don't particularly know if Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback. I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback, but he did enough. Um, the, the Saints, he, he did enough to win versus the Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons. Um, so like, you know, I don't know how much, I don't know how much stock we put into that, but they stay afloat. Um, they're still ahead in the NFC South race race and defensively their defense has gotten better. Their defense has gotten better early on in the year. It was, it, the defense looked really questionable, especially the secondary, but the defense is getting better. Which has led to the six-game winning streak that the Saints are on. Um, at number two, I gotta go with the Steelers. Yes, I'm gonna go with the Steelers. I'm putting the Steelers at number two. Yes, they're ten and zero. I respect it, but let's be honest. The Steelers, they had so far, they they have had the easiest schedule in the league. Um, that's just the fact of the matter. I can't overlook that. Um. I do have to, you have to add proper context. Yes, they're 10 and 0. Yes, they look fantastic on both sides of the football. But I have to take in full, I have to take in full context of who you're playing. How do you play against them? What are you doing? Like, like, what is the situation? And I mean, let's, let's, let's just just be fair. They play down to the competition. Uh, Now they had, they, they, they beat the Jaguars pretty convincingly this past week. But, um, I still, I think that they they can get to a Super Bowl, they can win the AFC, but I don't 
think they're quite better than the number one team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, I mean, their defense did not play well versus the Raiders. The, the uh, They should have lost that game versus the Raiders. But Patrick Mahomes is that good. He is that special. He is he is that special. And I think the Chiefs, they're they're, they're I'm gonna have them at number one. Their defense kind of it, it was looking a little shaky, but I'm gonna keep them and reserve them at number one. Um they 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 got outplayed by the Raiders and still won. That says a lot. And the Raiders are a pretty good team. The Raiders are on my list. That says a lot. They got out you so you can outplay the Chiefs, but still get beat. Just just based off the fact how great Patrick Mahomes is. And how do you stop this offense? I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Harmon, and Le'Veon Bell, Edwards Eler. I mean, how do you stop this offense? So I got Kansas City at number one. Uh, I feel pretty confident about this list. I feel pretty confident about where we're heading. Um, as far as into the latter part of the schedule going into December, playoff football, cold weather, and so forth. So I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with my top 10 teams going into week 12. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> okay, here we go. So I'm gonna give you guys my picks of the week going into week 12. Um, we got a pretty good. We got a, we got some games. We got some really good games scheduled. I know everybody is excited to see the Chiefs and Buccaneers. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. But I'm gonna start with this game: the Tennessee Titans over um, the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the the Colts are three point favorites. In this game, um, and they're at home. So first, Indianapolis. This is gonna be a dogfight. Indianapolis. They beat Tennessee last. Um, the last time they played them a couple weeks ago, actually, on Thursday night football. I'm gonna pick the Colts because I think the Colts are the better team. Um, they're at home. Uh, I, I love the momentum that this defense has. I'm not so sure if 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 you know the the Titans are missing their left tackle. I'm not so sure if the Titans can, you know, can they produce the running game? Can they run the football as well as they did versus Baltimore? I don't think they will be able to. I'm going to choose the Colts to win this game. I like the Colts. Uh, I picked them to win the division. So this, uh, you know, beating the Titans again would certainly put them like in, in like in the real driver's seat um, even though they're already first, this would really a win would really solidify them winning the AFC South, as I predicted. Okay, the next game on the docket: the Carolina Panthers versus the Vikings. The Vikings have no Adam Thielen. The Panthers' defense has been somewhat shaky. I don't know where to go with this one. The Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, if the Panthers are able to stop the run, they have a good shot. But I'm going to choose the Vikings to win this game. They're coming off a miserable loss versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so if they want to have any chance of keeping their playoff hope alive, um, playoffs hopes, hopes alive, they have to beat the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with that one. Also, I'm going to go with the Vikings with that one. Also, I forgot to give you guys my score. 
um, with that that Colts game. I'm gonna go with a final score of 27 to 23 Indianapolis, and my final score for Carolina and Minnesota will be 34. Th- well, no, excuse me, 31 to 23 versus uh the versus Minnesota and Carolina. I have Minnesota winning that game. Um, okay. Next game on the docket, or the, the like, the big game. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not predicting all of the games. Okay, so we have another one. Okay, so we have Arizona versus New England. Uh, this is this is a this is a home game for New England, but Arizona is only a one and a half point favorite. Now I'm gonna be careful here because Belichick is really good. He's had some tremendous success versus. First, first year and second year quarterbacks. I'm gonna choose Arizona right now because I think they're coming off a bad. I think they're coming off a loss, a, a, a tough division loss versus Carolina, New England. Um, I, that was a that was a, they're coming off a tough loss as well to Houston. I'm gonna go with Arizona. I think it's gonna be a really tight one though. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not so so sure. I'm not so sure. What the weather is looking like, I don't know if they're going to be in a monsoon like Baltimore was, but I'm going to go with Arizona in a really narrow and tight game. I'm going to go with Arizona to win 27 to 24. Um, the four o'clock game that everybody's going to be watching and trying to tune into the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm gonna go Kansas City. Uh, I, I in this game, I look at quarterback and coach. I, I the, the the Kansas City Chiefs have a quarterback and a coach, a coaching and a quarterback advantage over the Buccaneers. Um, this is gonna be another highly televised game that I think the Bucks will won't win. I don't think they will win. I think Kansas City. They're hot right now. They, 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 I think that I feel like I feel like Kansas City. They're trying to get into playoff, playoff form. Um, so I, I I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win this game. I, I, I got, I got good faith in it. I'm gonna take the Chiefs to win this game. I think it'll be, I think it's gonna be a lot of points. Um, these defenses aren't bad, but I feel like the offenses are gonna be so good. These quarterbacks are so good. I think Brady will try to have a bounce back week. Um, you know, after having a bad week, but I'm gonna go with Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes to win this football game. I'm gonna go with a score of 36 to 29. 36 to 29. Oh, excuse me, 36 to 30. <laughs> um, okay, Monday night football. The Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are nine and a half point favorites, rightfully so. This is the division. This is a division game. Um, Aaron Rodgers. He's had he's had success basically against all of his division foes. Um, Chicago. They're they're spiraling. I don't know what their offense is made out of anymore. I think Mitchell Trubisky is starting. I heard. So I'm gonna choose Green Bay. Green Bay. They're at home. Um, are they at home? Yes, they're at home. Um, they're coming off a, a tough loss, miserable loss. They got heavily criticized this past week. I'm gonna go with the Packers. I'm gonna go with a score of 30. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a score 
of 31 to 20, 31, 20 Packers. Um, Monday night football. Oh, did I say Sunday night football for the back? Packers or Sunday night football? Monday night football for the Seahawks and the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Like I mentioned, the Seahawks have the easiest remaining schedule um, in the league. I think they're gonna try to they're gonna try to go for that number one seed. I think I think I saw some really I saw some improvements um in that in that Seattle defense, um, especially up front. I think that will bother Carson Wentz. Eagles just not playing well. I think the Eagles are just spiraling at this point. I'm gonna go with a final score of 27 to 27 to 20 i think the seahawks do win i think it'll be a pretty i think it'll be a close relatively close game but i think the seahawks they'll win i can i can see a i can see a possible late push from carson wentz trying to come back trying to edge back but fail i had the i had the seahawks winning and then tuesday night football <laughs> um is this tuesday yep that'll be tuesday night this game was moved from Thursday to Sunday, now to Tuesday. The Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers to continue on their 11-game win streak. Robert Griffin III um, is starting for the Ravens. The Ravens have a lot of COVID, um, a lot of positive COVID tests that's going to impact their team. Um, and, I, did, I, you know, the Steelers, they're hot. They're at home. They beat. Baltimore already. So I'm going to pick the Steelers to win this game. I'm going to go with a score of 28 to 17, 28 17 Steelers. That is going to be my picks of the week. Um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was it feels good to be back after a pretty you know, after you know, after the holiday, um Thanksgiving, the food was pretty good. Um <laughs> you know, I know I know some people can catch some Black Friday sales and uh, Cyber Monday. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. I sur- I surely did enjoy doing it. I catch you guys on the other side next week. Oh well, yeah, next week <laughs> uh, after these games, uh, I'll be back on Wednesday. We're back to our regular podcasting schedule. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. I'm gone. See ya. Oh, always remember two choices, one decision. Keep streaming. Keep spreading the word. And I'm gone this time, really.